Hey, what's going on, guys? Another episode here of Let There Be Talk. Thanks for tuning in. That was uh, a little bit of the new Rival Sons right there. I'm lucky enough to have this record uh, in advance. And what a record it is, man. This thing is fire. Uh, it has to do with my guest today, Scott Holiday, lead guitar player for Rival Sons. And uh, the final the final installment in my... Uh, I've inv- interviewed all three of the members of Rival Sons now. And I got to say, Scott, what a great guy. We hit it off big time. The guy is amazing, man. Just funny, fire, real deal. You're going to love this interview, man. He had me come down to Huntington Beach. I got up, I think, at 8 in the morning, had breakfast with Scott Holliday. Uh, so you're going to hear us uh, eat breakfast together and talk rock and roll, which uh, makes no sense to me because uh, I never ate breakfast when I played rock and roll. <laughs> I was never up at that hour, and if I was, I was picking up drugs and booze, right? <laughs> Uh, they have a new record coming out, Rival Sons. I've been talking about them for three years straight on this uh, show. I love this band. They're the real deal. Uh, I, I just can't believe how great this new record is. And if you listen to my show, please go out and buy this record June 10th, the day it comes out. It, it's just so great. The first half is classic, just smash and rock. And the second half of the record becomes something so badass and and different my hat's off to them man they made it they made an a just man i i don't know where they're gonna go from here because this thing is so fucking good i'll give you a track listing real quick track one electric man two good luck three secret four play the fool five good things six open my eyes seven rich and poor rich and the poor Eight Bell Star, which is what I was playing at the top of this show, which has uh, become my favorite now. Nine Where I've Been, and ten Destination on Course, which was my original favorite when I first listened to the record. I've been listening to it for uh, I don't know seven days straight now. I can't get it out of my uh, get it out of my system. It's that good, man. They made the record of the year already, and we're only in uh, June. Thank you, Scott. God, you guys. Yeah, thanks, man. I just, I'm, uh, I'm stunned. Record's great. It's Memorial Weekend. I wanted to put the episode out today, Sunday, because it's an iconic day for me. I didn't realize it, but I looked it up. It's been 31 days, so I missed the 30-year anniversary, but uh, I forgot all about it. But 31 years. Uh since the us festival i went to the us festival it was in uh where was that glen helen park or where was the us here we go i got it right here i forget the name of the place at the time they do concerts there now it's like the some amphitheater out there off the 15 uh what was it called here it is it was in san bernardino of course um steve wozniak put it on you know which at the time you have no idea when you're 17, I think I was, or I don't know how old I was actually, but you have no idea that the guy putting this giant concert on is going to be responsible 
partly for Apple, which completely changed the music world as we know it now, which is crazy. This guy put on these two giant concerts. One was in 82, one was in 83. I went in 83. They had, uh, it was three days. You had a rock day, you had a metal day, and you had like a new wave day. I don't even know why they named them. It was all great music. The metal day, uh, of course, Van Halen headline, made the most money ever for playing a concert. It was a million dollars. This thing I'm reading here says a million five, but I believe that's wrong. I think it was a million, which they worked it out. I remember the math or something. It was something like uh, 2000 a second or something they were getting paid. Um, 375,000 people were at the metal day, a total of like a million for the whole weekend, a million people. And, you know, I remember I was in high school. And uh, my mom, man, I had the coolest mom ever. She's like, well, you can go to the uh, junior prom or you could go to the Us Festival. Yeah, guess what? Fucking junior prom can eat dicks. Who goes to the prom, man? I mean, I'm not knocking it, but it's so it's so much so much weight put into that. Gotta get the outfits, the date. You know, does she like me? She said no. That's all dumb. Meanwhile, I'm out in the desert taking mushrooms and some girl stole my Y and t-shirt and it's about 109 109 degrees and i got like third degree burns with crazy blisters on my shoulders which i never forgot but didn't care because here's where i saw van halen scorpions judas priest ozzy osbourne triumph motley crew and quiet riot what I mean, what? and it was $20. I put it on the uh, Facebook fan page. You can see my uh, ticket stub and my wristband. 20 bucks. But there's something about Memorial Weekend that is rock and roll to me. It always has been. It's a three-day weekend. I remember going to, like, Guerneville to the Russian River in the summer, getting California wine coolers, <laughs> Bartles and James, you know. So picking up some uh, Budweiser 12-packs in the bottle. That's all I drank back then. Some short denim shorts, Levi shorts. That, you know, your nuts would hang out if you didn't, if you'd sat wrong. Fucking crazy, right? I remember my friend would be like, look, I sat in gum and he'd show like his nut. That's fucking some dumb, drunk high school kid shit. <laughs> but the summer, man, it starts. So the summer is here, man. It starts with uh, Memorial Weekend, and it ends with Labor Day. Shout out to the troops. I love y'all. The troops, Memorial Weekend. I know that's easy to say, but the troops are rock and roll. They're all over the planet helping us out. Shout out to the troops and rock and roll and all you Dell Razors that have been tuning in. I love you all. I hope you have a incredible three-day weekend it's just uh just been good good all week here man good week um let's see real quick oh i'm gonna be in vegas starting tomorrow if you live in vegas or you're on vacation come see me at the laugh factory from uh tomorrow monday which is what the 26th through june 1st i'll be at the tropicana laugh factory in Vegas, and then Sacramento, this just came in, 
Nick Youssef and I are taking the uh, leather and vinyl tour. Leather and vinyl tour. Meet us at the uh, punchline. Sacramento, five, six, seven, eight, four nights. Get your tickets now. Please come out. You always say, hey, when you come in such and such, well, we're going to be in Sacramento. Even if you live in San Fran or whatever, come out. This is going to be great. Nick and I are going to be rocking it. It's the all things comedy, vinyl, and leather tour. Please spread the word if you know anybody in SAC. We're at the Punchline four nights. This is an honor to do this. We're happy to be there. Come see us. And then, of course, I'll be with Artie Lang July 11th. That's going to be rock and roll at the Nokia. Artie Lang, you ruler, you. Uh, Going to cut out right now. Get that Rival Sons record. It comes out the same day as another incredible record. Ian uh, Ian Ed Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson. My good friend Ian Edwards is releasing his first comedy record through Team Coco, Conan, Conan O'Brien, and JP over there signed Ian. And they have their own label now to do comedy records. And Ian's is the first one, which is a wise move because Ian is top three comedian uh, funny guys on the planet right now. If you don't know Ian Edwards, follow him on uh, Twitter and check out his podcast on all things comedy, Ian Edwards Soccer Comics. And he's like one of my best friends. I love him. So get that record and get um, Rival Sons on June 10th. June 10th. I'm kind of spaced out today. Sorry, guys. Here it is, Rival Sons. Shout at me on Twitter. Leave reviews on iTunes. Oh, I got some new reviews. Wow, you guys are great. These are actually great reviews. First one, 666 from Fanta Baby running with the Delray. Boom, boom. Running with the Delray. Wow! I live my life. <laughs> That's my da- my David Lee Roth. Wow! Look at all the people here tonight. That's a good one, man. Tribute to uh, the Memorial Weekend. There, another one. Already a fan. I uh, from Santino Billy. I looked at the content, saw the guests: Rex Brown, Marcos Agueda, Steve Jones. Gilby Clark, I'm subscribing now. Thank you, buddy. And another one, Podcast Gold from Gravity King. I just recently started listening to Let There Be Talk. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Love it. Cool. Thank you. And somebody else, TX Matt 1980 Dean is a walking, talking, hilarious music encyclopedia. And then my favorite, this one's great. Somebody put top 10 reasons to listen to Let There Be Talk, The Falcon Nest. Um, this is funny. Top number 10, Dean Del Rey is Fonzie. The rest of us are Ralph Mouth. Nine, Dean has more, more sets than I had bowel movements last year. Man, you better, you better take some shits, dude. I won't read them all. This is boring. Anyway, thanks for the reviews. It's not boring, but it's, I, I love it. You guys are like, yeah, quit tooting your own horn. I get it. But fuck, it's cool to get reviews. I'm at 150 now. Fuck yeah. And by the way, this is episode 99, which means 100 is around the corner. So episode 99, 99 rock and roll. Brought to you by McGuire Harley Davidson. Don't forget, those are my good buddies there. If you need a Harley Davidson or you need your bike serviced and you live up in the San Francisco Bay Area, 
only choose McGuire Harley Davidson. They're going to do you right. They're a family owned business. They've been there forever. They got a brand new showroom. I love the guys. 93 First Avenue, North Pacheco. They got some incredible deals going on right now. Some service. Get your bike serviced. Don't get out on the highway with bad tires or brakes. They also got some great used pre-owned bikes right now. Always. This place is great. McGuire Harley Davidson. McGuire-HD.com. And that's online there. Or follow them on Twitter. Say hi. Say hey. Delray told me to talk to you. Talk to Ryan over there. They're fantastic. McGuire. Harley Davidson, yes, McGuire on Memorial Day weekend, two-wheel madness, madness. <laughs> and since it is a guitar player on my show today, also episode brought to you by the fantastic Earthquaker devices, the finest guitar pedals that I know of, man, boutique handmade guitar pedals that give you the badass sound, uh, you know. Um, Scott is considered king of the fuzz. You want to get good fuzz, go to Earthquaker Devices. Check out their fuzz, their overdrive, delay, reverbs. They got such great ones. They're working on the Delray pedal I hear. The Delray pedal, you plug it in, it just complains about no uh, no money, no reviews. <laughs> the Delray pedal. Here you guys go. Scott Holiday, Rival Sons, Light the Candles of Rock. I love you guys. See ya. Have a great weekend. All right, here we are. Another episode of Let There Be Talk. This is a, uh, an, a, an unusual episode. I've never done one here, but we're at a restaurant in Huntington Beach. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, right? And my guest is Scott Holiday. All right. Yeah, how are you, Rival Sons? Great, man. Happy to be here. Happy to be with you, Dean. You're the last of the uh, band. I mean, of course, the bass player's gone, but I had you know, everybody in the band on. You know. How do you mean last in the band? Well, you're the last guy in the band that I haven't had on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Last you you had Miley on the show. First year, I had Miley on Pressure and Time. Oh, my gosh. Last year, I had uh, Jay on Head Down. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. And then this one. Actually, Miley called in while you were making Head Down in Nashville. Ah, oh, that's right. I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Which cool. is hilarious. That was cool. So, uh, I got to say, I, I just that. listened to the new record. And it's fantastic. Well, thank you, Dean. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, it blew my mind because, you know, when you're listening to a band, you're waiting for them to fuck up, right? <laughs> right? I, I mean, do that. I do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a full hard judge. Like, even my favorite bands, I'll always, I'm not like that undying fan, uh, unconditional fan. Right. And I, I'm almost annoyed by those kinds of fans. Like, uh, people in my family are like that to their bands that they love. Like, my family might just be like this undying uh, fans of the Stones or something. I'm like, right. no, because that last show they did was terrible. They can, they're barely, barely making it through that song. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm the biggest Stones fan in the world. Yeah, I am too. I'm the right? Biggest Keith guy, biggest you know, uh, uh, Brian Jones, Stones, Mick Taylor. All I love those guys. But when you see anybody fail to me, it just is what it is. And, and yeah. yeah, they get the points because they old and all that. I get it. Yep. But still, they old and that wasn't good. So yeah, yeah. Bruce is old and he fucking lays it out. That's right. That's yeah. right. So I'm like, that's I'm that kind of a fan. So I don't care how much I love your band or how much you're, you know, like the Black Keys is a great example of a new band. That Brothers record came out. It blew my head off. Yep. I can't believe they when they made it. I couldn't believe they made that record. And El Camino came out, and I gotta say, 
didn't do the same thing at all. Right. Didn't even really come remotely close for me. I just went, wow, bummer. That's yeah. how that goes. You make a record that good, did not come back well. Yeah, no. yeah. You know what I find is if if you're um, if you like, I got this radio show now, and I find if I say like, and yeah, what a radio show it is. <laughs> if I say like, <laughs> fuck the Stones after '81, then later I'm like, oh shit, what if they come on? They're not coming on, but I'm saying, there's, <laughs> you know what, you know what, and all of us have to understand if 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 I hear someone talking shit on me on a show and I meet them and they're good guys, it's yeah. not like I'm trying to make some uh, a lifelong vendetta. We're just talking. Yeah, and I mean that's the type of dude I am. If we wanted to talk about that and get into the nitty gritty about it, if Dan Dan Arbach was sitting right here, and I've met Dan a couple times, if he was sitting right here and we were going to talk about it, he he himself would probably say, "Yeah, you're right. Brothers was way better than El Camino," and I'd go totally. I mean, you killed on El Camino and you made a whole shitload of money. Yeah. But come on, man, brothers, you made one of the great records of the last decades, at least. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. So you can at least admit that. I can admit where, what, what records I think are better of my own. And yeah. All that on, so. Which one do you like of your your record the most? Well, I'm just gonna say for for prosperity, right out of the gate, the new one. Well, yeah, of course. I, I actually, in all, in all, and I hope every band feels like this. The newest one is the best one. Well, when they say that. You know you always go, come on, man. I know, but when I, I listen know. to this record, and this is no bullshit, uh, I was like, there's a few bands, I played music 25 years, there's a few bands in my life that I go, well, fuck, I'll never reach that plateau. You know what I mean? One of them was Ryan Adams' Gold. I love that record. Great record. Mother Hips, uh, Part-Timer Goes Fool. All right. Th these are records that, are, like, to me, are... are, are uh, Black Crows America. I love that record. Right? That's probably that might be my favorite one. Everyone picks Southern Harmony. No, but no, I, it's Amorica. Amorica. But when I hear these records, I go, "Well, I'm never going to reach that plateau." To me, like I'm a comedian now, and I think C.K. Yeah. You know, Louis C.K. Oh, Bill Burr, right? I, those are my two favorites, right there. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> right, right, and and those are like my two favorites. But this record felt to me like, how the fuck, how great this record is. It sounds. It's got, okay, it's got the sounds you understand, you know, okay, I hear what this is and that is and this, but, but it sounds like you guys, you know, but it also sounds like no band I've heard. Like, man, this is great. I'm glad you're saying that. That's cool. Yeah, I, I think we've just uh, strived to, the whole time to, to, as much as people want to put other bands on us, we've really strived to be ourselves. And we really strive to be really honest on these records. And with our live show, just our performance individually and collectively with this band, it's been a, a focus and something we've talked about out loud. Being, being honest, being direct, not bullshitting the listener, not being cheap. There's a bunch of cheap shit out there, especially in rock and roll, and it's just watered it down and ruined it for all it's of us. It's fucking horrible. It's ruined it for everyone. It's, a, it's a fucking junkyard. <laughs> it's a it's junkyard. It's a boneyard. Here's the thing, man. I took, by the way, I took Bill Burr to see you at oh the Echo. God. Yeah, really? he came. We were there. Yeah, no just to shit. let you know. And uh, I turned oh Bill Bar Burr on to you. I also put your CD at the jukebox at the 101. I thought Miley did that. No, I fucking did that. Because he lived that. right behind the no, one. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I did that. <laughs> Thank I've you. Been, I've been championing uh, Rival Sun since the second I heard Pressure in Time. <laughs> You're on the list. Well, here's the deal. You know, like a lot of people send me stuff and they go, hey, I know you like rock. Here, check this out. But people don't understand. 
because you've got like long hair and sideburns doesn't mean it's going to be good. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? So people just assume, oh, you like rock, you're going to like anything. You're fucking wrong. So I get stuff all the time. So I hear pressure in time. I go, whoa, whoa, this fucking singer is insane. And then I was like, oh, man, the guitar player is great. You got the firebird. You're laying it down, you know. I start thinking like, all right, this is pretty good. I'll get the record. I get the record and I love it, you know. And then you come out with head down, totally different. Yeah. Pressure times kind of Zeppelin, head down, kind of uh, animals, kinks, feels like to me. Right. You know, 60s garage rock. This one's kind of a combo. It takes, I think, head down, but further. It's yeah. like these songs are sagas. Yeah, you know, for me, obviously, these influences you've named are close to our heart. And uh, I think oftentimes we wear them on our sleeve. I think it's a lot it's, of fun. It's okay, man. I think it's a lot of fun. I think so. And I think a lot of my heroes and the guys we've just named wore their influences on their sleeves. And this is just on and on how we do. You do this in writing. You'll echo, you know, all great writers, great painters, sculptors, musicians, speakers, anybody. We echo who we love. This yep. is the sign of trying to become great, but also at the same time having some level of humility. Because you echo the people that, that you feel... Uh, you, 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 you want to emulate somebody that you want to be great like. So yeah. how, how, how best to become more like them than to echo them until you kind of like soon that just falls away and becomes the dead skin or something. You know what I mean? I've, it really does. I've you shed, shed that skin. My, yeah, I've shed out of my influences. And, and I think some bands, they, they never really totally get there. And I, I think, you know, I had shedded skins before this band even started and taken on new ones just just as a new project and a new yep. new form but different uh, guys you jam with creates a different kind of uh different records and yeah stuff. yeah and uh, um I, I think with with this band more than um basing the records on influences as much as is how i've always looked at it was um direction was really crucial because we write the records as you know i'm sure uh, yep. in the studio which the is spot. incredible it's weird. It's crazy. I would. I, it actually is really far out because I never did it like that. Well, there's until. pressure that way too. Yeah. I it, mean, it, when the Stones went, you know, when they went to go make a, like Exile or whatever, you know, they set up it, it, it somewhere at that mansion and they got all the time they, in the world. They, they, they set the, up at that uh, at Keith's house, Nelcoat. Yeah. Uh, in France. But then they make the next one. They've only got like 15 days, you know. Like so, yeah. it's just whatever. It's incredible. Well, and you it, think of the old days. If we're gonna go back to those guys, you look at a band like the Who. That when they started to hit, they would be like flying to do a morning show, fly into a studio in the afternoon, cut, uh, can't explain, fly out, and do an evening television show, and then a concert right after that. So people now were like, "God, you guys are so busy," and I'm like, "Really? Yeah." I don't think you understand like people like 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 the legends. Like yep. do you understand how Elvis worked? Yeah. You ever go to like Graceland or study any Elvis this guy's schedule? He never stopped working. Yeah. The dude made so many so when people are looking at, at my band like, My God, you're tireless. You guys never stop I'm like, Yeah, I think that's cool. They wanna make us out to be these kind of heroes, but yeah shit, man. Well, we're we're, we're in the shadows of these people that really yeah. invented it and were by a million miles, way crazier. Well, they're comparing you to all these fucking clown bands that play like twice a week, maybe, and they go, oh, my voice, and oh, we got to go here and there. But hey, man, 
when I played rock, you got in a fucking van and you rolled across America and did it. You know, every night there was no like, That's hey, it. I don't feel good. That's You're it. just like, hey, we're not working construction. You, and you know, uh, <laughs> I'll get back to the whole album thing, but I, on this tip that you're talking about, I I feel you, man. This is when I when I started looking for guys for this band. Um, I was cu- coming from a group that I did uh, with some very, very close friends of mine. It was called Human Lab, and we had signed a deal to Atlantic, and we got this really bloated, crazy deal, like multi-million yep. dollar, two and a half million dollar what deal label? on Atlantic. Atlantic yeah. okay. And what and it, year? This is right around like 99, I wow. think. Wow. Still and, um, good deals back then. That was like one of the last ones <laughs> right. for sure. And who signed you? Kevin uh, uh, Williamson? Kevin Williamson was my a That's hilarious. Yo, dude. <laughs> Yeah, and it, I right, threw a full uh, beer on him. <laughs> just drunk. He's a good guy. He's all right. He's not bad. Craig Kalman had just become the president at that moment. Right. Anyway, the record didn't come out, and and and, and uh, the record industry was a burning building. Everybody was just seemed to be like jumping out of the windows. And what style music was it? Because that's what I wanted to ask you. Where the fuck did you come from? You know. Well, because- that, that that band was more kind. Of, it was rock. It was a rock and roll band, but more in the light of like, uh, God, you know, early early Radiohead meets oh, so like that. Harvest, Neil Young after the Gold Rush meets like. Um, God, I don't know. A lot of my older influences that you might hear in this band, you know what I mean, yeah. are probably leaked into that band. But the, but the the the. Um, and were you living in Hollywood? Um, no, I live right where we are right now, Huntington Beach. I'm from here, so right. We're, we're right down down on, for the listeners. We're right about, I don't know, a hundred yards from the beach. What's funny is I did comedy in that joint right there. Oh, really? About two years in, yeah. uh, what's it, Kilroy's or whatever? Kilroy's, yeah. So, uh, you know, about two Killarney's. years. Killarney's? I guess that, yeah. That's that, it. that used to be there. when I, I, I used to work at this joint that we're sitting down to eat at, and that, that place wasn't there. So, about two years in, I've only been doing comedy four and a half years, but the guy said, I'll give you 25 bucks and a burger. <laughs> and, and I was like, I'm making it. So I come down there, <laughs> I do a set, and, I, and it was basically a sports bar. It was like sports going. And, uh, what a great place to do comedy, sports bar. TVs worst. are on. Can you please turn the TVs off? Yeah, they got a stage in the back, and it had like a fence around the stage. It was just terrible. <laughs> but back to where we're uh, back to where we're at. So you had that band. Now, was that your first band that got a record deal? Um, yeah, yeah, that was the first official deal. I mean, I had been doing music professionally. Before that, you know, in, in what like covers or what? I mean, because no, this is no, like just, Huntington just, Beach. Um, yeah, just doing stuff around town, professionally. Meaning, I, I did studio work. I did. Uh, uh, I engineered and produced and, and worked on records and helped friends out and right. played, How old played with other guys. It's a I'm, mystery. I'm, I'm <laughs> far too old to mention it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm far no, too young to lie about it. No, no. I'm just, I'm just wondering because the the reason I ask is. That, what eras did you play? Like I played music in the '80s, Sunset Strip. No, era. no, this this was like uh, late '90s. But then I also played music all through the '90s around here, you know. Yeah. In another band, so yeah, that's why I was asking. Yeah, no, no, it's all good, dude. Um, yeah. This was like late '90s. I would I would sit in with guys and help people out and and, and do tracks and studio work and then i decided to, to come back uh, and get with these buddies that i played with earlier on like in high school and we signed this deal to atlantic with all these influences i'm talking to you about and 
I really didn't want to do that kind of a deal, and I didn't want to be this band that that that. Unfortunately, that we kind of were like this wasn't a, a human that wasn't a band that like toured and really beat it up. These were songs I wrote in my room that we re-recorded and spent like two years recording. Like oh. such a bloated process. It like was, bands like T Ride. You remember that band? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just weird. Jellyfish. They I love Jellyfish. Me too. I love them. Got spilt milk. Yeah. But they do these records and they're like these uh, yeah. epic records. I remember I was working with Michael Beinhorn. And a famous producer who worked with like Soundgarden, Super, yeah, yeah. and all this. And I remember he he worked on that record with us. And before we had finished it, he stopped working, and he had come back to me. And I had seen him later somewhere, and he saw me, and we we were chatting. And he goes, "Are you still working on that record?" And I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "Jesus Christ, what are you making the wall?" <laughs> and I Which remember the wall was made way quicker. I, yeah, right. <laughs> I just remember feeling it, dude, and yeah. just feeling like this is so dumb. Why would anyone do? Why are we doing this? I wrote these songs in like inside of a month. Why are we spending all this time? And when when I made this band, Rival Sons, I wanted to make sure that it was the opposite of that. That this was a band that earned merit and had the dirt under the nails and was a touring act. And we yeah. we like you know we're rock free, and rollers. Free money isn't what what it's about because you know I got all this free money and then I ran out of money and that was it. I just start fresh. Yep. This band, I decided, I came up with an analogy called uh, uh, The Well. I want to dig a well. I want to do a band that we dig a well. And when I need water, I go to the well for water. I don't get free water. I don't want people just dropping water on me. I want to go get my own water. Yeah. So this is like, you know, for our bread, for our money. When we need to work and we need money, we go work. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, we're going to work. I want I want this band to be dirty. I want to sleep on floors. I want to get in a van. And I want people to see how a rock band operates because people have forgotten. And that's kind of what this was for me in a way. Like That's an interesting thing because is that when the bass player falls out? Because, you know, when you... I'm jumping ahead, but I, I understand. No, this, he, he worked very hard. He worked hard. But, yeah. Uh, but what, you get to a point to where you go, whoa, this, is, uh, this isn't stopping you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. I see. I that's, think early on we knew that. Just, uh, I think. I mean, I can just say for from working with guys like Jay Buchanan and, and Michael Miley, I, I knew early on, like, shit, man, I've been doing this for a long time, and uh, I've, I've I've had a fair amount of success with guys with a third of the amount of talent these guys have. Yeah. This shit's gonna roll. Yeah. And we started to make songs, and I'm, come on, man, I, I'm. This isn't just because I'm close to it. These guys are whipping ass. I can yeah. just remove myself from the equation. But I understand that. <laughs> but I know great bands right now, and they're not getting success, and it's usually because there's some uh, guys that won't take chances, like leaving their families when they get a certain age, or, hey, man, I kind of need this hey, job. Hey, you know what? I think that that, um, that was the other part about finding the right guys. It's I, I, The other analogy I have, full of analogies. Yeah, is, I am um, too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the yeah, same way. I'm like, hey, man. When you want to make something, they're useful. You give everything up. Yeah, that's you give it. everything up. So you have, let it burn to the ground. I have a thing, and, and we've all talked about this. My, my tour manager, my, my band, and everything. It's it's about knowing what kind of animal you are, and it's it, it doesn't matter if, if we're getting paid. And every night that I step on stage, I think about this. If I'm playing for twenty thousand or two thousand or two hundred, it doesn't really matter. Every night, right before I step out, right before that show, the the last thing on my mind before I hit it is, I would do this 
for free. Yeah, I would do. I would pay to do this. Yeah, me too. It's what I am. It's, yeah. the, it's the animal that I am. I, I pay to do this podcast and comedy. <laughs> yeah. I drove down here. There's no money, but I want to oh, interview you. Man. You know what I mean? I yeah. love the band. Yeah. When you see something, you go, "All right, this guy's making art." I got to go down there. I got to get that because I love I love what you do. Yeah. And and as corny as this sounds, your band made me love music again. Uh, as Damn, far as I like, that. I started getting into some newer bands that I, before I just give up on. Like I like Sheep Dogs. I like nice St. Paul too. and the Broken Bones. Yeah, White Denim. There's yeah, some good great, music yeah. out there, you know. We have a very common taste now, don't we? Well, we do. That's why I like Here your we band. Are. You know? <laughs> There's one interesting thing I think about when I look at your band and I think about, uh, I'm a singer and I sang 25 years and I'm not saying I'm the best singer, but I know I can fucking sing. Sure. And I know that it was incredibly hard to find great players. Yeah. You, on the other hand, have a great band and it would be incredibly hard to find a singer. Man, you know what? I've had a, I've had a, I've been at, had this lucky knack and, uh, I, a little bit of a reputation in this town for finding great people. I don't know why or how. It's really just luck yeah. and really just making friends and kind of being drawn into the right people, I guess. But this this band is is definitely my like opus for finding people, and it's blowing away even all my friends from from home because because my guys aren't from Huntington, you know. Jay's no, no, yeah, from Long Beach, Beach yeah. and, and uh, uh, Miley's from like Seal or Long Beach and uh, that area and. But this this is definitely my opus for finding guys. Oh my gosh, I have found the perfect people. Yeah. But when you see Jay or you, you go, "Hey man, these guys are old souls, man. This shit is real." You know, it feels great. Well, I guess um, I, I I could say I definitely feel that way about Jay. You know, when I found him, I the the the, the line that I I told my wife and I told friends of mine and stuff and I think I probably told Jay too I mean we've talked about it but I said this is the best guy I've ever seen or heard in my life that isn't super famous yeah I can't believe it I can't either how can this motherfucker not be super famous this is gonna blowing my head off and yeah uh, he looks great I felt like the gods of rock it was all part of it I, I really is romantic and silly as it sounds, I, I had a very intense feeling wash over me when I found him like that. Like, wow, not making any money, not really famous at all. Yeah. This guy is so perfect. And I have all these people waiting right now to do something. Like, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And I went, oh, my God, this is this was meant to be. He has, like, not become famous because I was meant to find this guy yeah. and have Miley that he, them two were already in the I band. believe in that shit. Yeah. I, like I believe in that shit. made it come together, yeah. and then it just kind of went boom, boom, boom from there. But I agree. I kind of feel Michael like I, was, well. I had a lot of success in music, but not big, just mid-level. But I felt like that was because... Being a comedian is what I was supposed to do. So that was like my training ground, rock yeah, and roll yeah. for 25 years to do what I'm doing now. And I believe in the same thing. Maybe, uh, you know, Jay wasn't famous or you weren't because it's supposed to meet yeah. up later. Like, I think it, there's maps already laid out. It man. must be that, right? Because yeah. here it all is kind of like working itself out. Yeah. Uh, now, this, dude, I can't get over this record. Anyway. The last three songs on the record, I couldn't stop listening to over and over. I got to get the names because I, I'm, uh, 
what is it? Bellstar? Bellastar? Bellstar. Bellstar. Yeah. Into um, uh, where, where I've been. Yeah. And then uh, I called it Destruction on Course. <laughs> I would I love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. De- uh, Destination, Destination on, on course. course. So those three songs. Yeah. One, two, three in. I listened to probably about 30 times oh, in the last man. two days. It is insane. Awesome. Like <laughs> because I'm like, what year is this band from? It's so good. I mean, it really is, man. And it's like, dude, I I don't say that about anything. Man. Yeah, I think besides opening the record with um, Electric Man, besides the opening track, which I, has I, a, a reference to this place, right, Sugar Shack. That's correct. Yeah, we're at the Sugar Shack, and 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 uh, Jay actually. Jay lived down the street. He did live down the street while I worked here. I worked here for a few years, and this is a very... What were you, a waiter? I, I waited tables here, like these people in the aprons, yeah. so... Um, I'm going to have the first we're, On that note, I think we're going to order right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, we're going to order. All right, all right. Yeah, order up. What's your name? My name is Ari. And did you ever work with him or no? No, Ari no, was... No. I worked here a while ago, a long okay. time ago. Uh, Hi, I'm Ari. French toast, and uh, does that come with eggs? Yeah. Over easy eggs and sausage. Thank you. I'm going to have the half bowl cow, and I'm also going to go cream of wheat. I'm going to go the wheat toast and a side of hash. Um, Anyway, so Jay lived up the street. You were working here. We didn't know each other. We didn't know each other for years later, maybe 10 years. How about that? That's so funny. 10 years later, and he told me what years he was living right around the corner from this restaurant. And uh, I I met my wife here. So me and her worked in this place and waited tables together. How long have you guys been married? Oh, so long, man. I think um, we've been together. This is, you're not going to believe it. Yeah. It's going to really age me right away. Okay. But we've been together 19 years. Whoa, man. Two you kids. Two so. kids. Yeah. And uh, she's got, I, I met so her. So basically I met her when I was two years old. Wow. That's great, <laughs> man. You met your soulmate at two. Two. Yeah. yeah they kept us together. So anyway, cool. Jay would tell me he'd come in here and I'm like, oh my God, I just realized I, I would work here with like a full beard and sunglasses and board shorts. So yeah. Were you was, like a surfer dude? I mean, I, I, I would go out but that wasn't really my thing because i was a band guy but everybody who worked here this is a huge surf place yeah and uh, uh um it's so weird my to occasional be a band guy doesn't really count. Hollywood. yeah i don't get it yeah it's like, well there was a scene out here in orange county <laughs> you know, like what offspring and that kind of stuff i get yeah no there was a whole thing going on but yeah. um it probably lends itself more to that yeah right heavier yeah. stuff so i was kind of doing more of what i'm doing now in a way so it's kind of bizarre and that's probably why i didn't catch then yeah just wasn't time yeah well well it's still not time now in most people's eyes they think rock is dead and i say because rock's not dangerous anymore you know i do a big bit on stage about it you know there's no danger in rock i agree i agree i've said this for the last ever since this band started Danger is gone in rock. Everything has become watered down, or to a, a lot of it, a lot of it has become watered down. It's uh, overproduced. It's overwritten. It's overworked. Overthought. It feels it feels labored. Yeah. And tired and not dangerous. And this is the, quite quite frankly the opposite of what rock and roll is. It it's really the is. Opposite. It really is. Let's just think of the first couple guys you would think are rock and roll in the history of rock and roll. Top three you would think. Yeah. Me, Chuck Berry. Little Richard, that was Presley. Right. Let's just think the quickest things that come off. 
these are very dangerous individuals. Yeah. They yeah. very much changed how things happened. A lot of their work was very off the cuff and raw. You can hear mistakes and all that stuff. And you know what? They're fucking great. Yeah. That's how it should sound, right? Yeah. So we've Fuck become the opposite tools. of that. Yeah. You know? I the like pro- that. Phil Everly. I'm, I, I work with a company called um, Everly Music. Phil Everly's uh, son is, is a, a fan of the band, and one of my best friends works there. Phil Everly, the great Phil Everly, mm-hmm. came up with the greatest qu- quote and told, told my buddy, he goes, these days you have Pro Tools. In my day, we had pros. Oh, that's <laughs> fucking great. That's a great Bless fucking shirt, right? That's good. I mean, you know, somebody, I had a conversation with somebody and you start to think back, you know, what do you think the last dangerous era of rock was? What do you think? It's Nirvana? I think that was pretty dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would say that's rock and roll. No, but I'm just saying dangerous dangerous guys playing music that you don't know if they're going to wake up tomorrow. (laughs) Those are the dudes that you're looking at in danger. I'm saying like they've given their soul like a job. And I see, I take take danger to another level just musically. Like if I think dangerous, I think... uh, It's all in. It's a look like dangerous. Like you're on stage, you're wearing uh, like rock clothes. Or I think danger is almost more of a musical thing to me. Chances you're willing to take musically, areas you're willing to step into musically. You're not just gonna play the record and do your little dance moves. Yeah, you you can hear that there's improvisation, that there's in the moment, and uh, um, there 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 has to be a, a, a symbiotic relationship in these live shows. Otherwise, what's what, what is this? Yeah, what it's is a it? living, breathing thing. To me, the symbiosm and recognizing that, acknowledging that in your live set, that's danger. Yeah. When something is going wrong and the crowd ain't having it, and they're just going boo, fuck you, rock and roll band, and then you go, turn around to your guys and you go, we need to give them Shifts X, and Y, and Z, yeah. and put these fuckers in a headlock right now. Yeah. And you do that. It's the same thing with comedy. Yeah, you know, like it's symbiotic and it's it's reactive. You have to be in the moment. I take uh, music like uh, like no rules with me when I played music. There's no rules. Whatever happens, happens. And somehow, when I got into comedy, I was locked into this box. And then my buddy Ian Edwards was like, "What are you doing, dude? You're just going up there doing the same set every night and stuff. What the fuck is that? Yeah, you're boring. up there. You're alive. You're not a robot." Yeah. And then I started thinking, "Hey, he's right. That's great. Now I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do when I go up there. I know what bit the bits are, but I don't know what order. I don't know if I'm gonna do the bits. I don't know what. Yeah. Which I love that feeling now. And it and it goes back to kind of that danger of Kinnison or somebody, you know, where they're just up there like, "Hey, this whole thing." One of the greats. Yeah. Yeah, right? Come on. But um I agree that's great. I think it's totally relatable. I think that's that's yeah. exactly how it is and, and, and that keeps us on our toes and it makes you uh, react and these reactions and, and uh, improvisations make it feel more genuine. They make it feel more honest. Yeah. It's like us having a conversation. I didn't know what you were going to ask me. And, and, and yeah. you, you, you probably have some notes, but we're going to riff and we're going yeah. to have a normal conversation. Yeah, I didn't know we were doing it at a restaurant outside and the, the, eating French toast that just came right now in one delicious. minute. Like, Thank you. And um, th- this, this should make it actually like a real conversation. And, and yeah. it's difficult to make art feel like a real conversation. A painting feel like a real honest delivery, uh, you know, like any of this, like a, a live show to feel like that. That's, yeah. a, that's a goal. That's obviously a goal you're talking about. That's a goal we have, too. How did you, um, how, how, what, what got you into guitar? How long, first of all, what, what age did you start playing? 
Um, because you, I, I mean, I you're smoking, up, dude. I probably picked it up at around ten years old. Ten, something like that. Yeah, and I think I have like the classic Spanish like student guitar somebody gave me. And yeah, the flamenco, yeah, <laughs> big the fl- wide neck, that's it. plastic strings. And this just, doesn't play, you know, Van yeah. Halen, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, this isn't doing Van Halen at all. No. Well. Are, they're right in the back, man. Sorry, I'm saying bye. Billy, go ahead. Go say hi. So you um, start at 10, and who are you listening to? Um, I, I was raised to, to a certain degree, not with musicians around me, but in a very rock and roll family, a family that would have parties on the weekends. and me too. Aunties and uncles that, like, I was the little kid walking around while Diver Down was on, and yeah, everyone Diver was Down. smoking weed and, like, shooting pool and... I thought it was really cool from an yeah. age that you probably shouldn't think it's cool. And, right. You know, then on on on, uh, on another side of my family, it would be totally, you know, Zap, Raging Zap, you know, uh, Stones and this kind of vibe. Very right. dirty rock and roll parties and families having a great time. And My mom was like that, too. Like, uh, you know, I always said my house was like Mask, Sam Elliott and Cher. Yeah, actually, I lived in a Zeusican, and my dad actually built a Harley. Yeah, and we lived, we lived where they filmed that. He was a biker. He didn't. That's hilarious. Yeah, he never took colors, but he uh, yeah. he knew a lot of those cats. Yeah, 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 that's great. I rode here on my Harley, and and I think I think your whole life is uh, I think your whole life is formed at that age. For good or bad, right? Yeah, right. And we got lucky. It was uh, like a round of uh, uh, a positive, even no party and wild family. You realize, hey man, there's more to life than just uh, nine to five. That's it. That's it. So at ten, all these bands and stuff that people were playing around me, from from you know, the royalty of rock was always on. Right. Zeppelin, Zeppelin. Stones, Beatles. Floyd, you know, Rush, yeah, Kinks, and uh, Animals, and all this kind of stuff was around. The Yardbirds, you know, Jeff Beck. It's funny you say the Animals because your band is making me love the Animals. Oh, dude, that's that's probably one of the primary influences people don't realize. It's probably one of tell, the closest. I can influences. tell a mile away. I mean, uh, on hold on, let me look here because I I know your music inside now. Uh, the heist is total animals, and I love the heist so much, man. Yeah, actually, I'm such a big animals fan. So is Jay, and we enjoy them together. When he laid down that vocal, I yeah, mean, we, we could already hear musically that that was the direction that I wanted to go. For yeah, sure. and on the new record, you know, I wanna show you. How babies are made. It's very. It's one of the most epic vo- uh, lyrics ever. I was like, I can't believe no one's used that one yet. <laughs> that is the greatest like lyric right now in the last twenty years of like, let's fuck. And, and yeah. but it's, I want to show you how babies are made. But that song is a heavy, heavy animals very, very vibe, much. and the sound is animals, the reverb and stuff. But the songs are you guys, and it's it's not like oh, this is the animals. But it gives me love for the animals that's also. Great. And that's which how is, it should be. That's, that's how it should be. be. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I remember like when I uh, I liked one comedian 
And then they would say, if you like that guy, you got to go back and look at this guy. Yeah, right. And then you start mining backwards, you know? And that's how rock is, too, you know what I mean? Like, I loved... Uh, when the Strokes came out at the time, they're like, "Oh, if you like them, you should be listening to Velvet Underground." And I skipped Velvet Underground in high school because I was into Maiden. I'm still, I'm still kind of on the fence with Velvets, to be honest. Obviously, I understand why, why they're great. Right, right, right. But that New York art scene, man, still, um, still lose me a little bit. I was, I was that way too. But what happened was, and this is what I love about music. I thought I fucking have have done it all but then i go see a movie control which was that movie about joy division singer that is so good it's so fucking good never S- cared about joy division me either all of a sudden saw that movie and went love this right yes so then i get into joy division then i'm eating at some restaurant and this great song comes on i go man who is this i i spotify him it's talking heads it's not psycho killer we know psycho killer of course yeah. but this is a deep track all of a sudden i go i youtube it i start watching i go now i'm on board with talking heads big time totally and then you know insane and, yeah so that new york uh rocks that reminds me did you see uh did you see the last saturday night live with st vincent on there i didn't no. No, but I will. How was it? Because I do comedy at night, so I'm out. Yeah, I Tebowed it. I watched it last night. Uh-huh. Wow, man. St. Vincent. Good band, huh? Guitar player, girl. All freaky. Very like, um, God, I want to say like late, later Bowie, but what, do I, what am I thinking? Like really avant-garde, almost 80s vibe, but she's playing these ripping guitar. Oh, you gotta check it out. Oh, well, watch it. I don't know if I'd put it on, if that's my jam to put on the on, on the box, but watching right. it, holy shit, I loved it. It was hot. That like last year, great. Alabama Shakes was on there, and I didn't, I just passed that. When when hipsters try to force something really on you. boring. You didn't like it? That's well, gotta be the most boring record to get the most accolades in the world. Right? Really? <laughs> I mean, they're talented. I love, I love, right. I love the gal that, that's singing, and I get it. I, and the record sounds really good, but holy wow, that's a really boring record. They better make a good one this time. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I was, but what I did like was, oh, here's someone that sings. Yeah. Isn't it so funny how bad that. it's gotten that like when somebody like Adele, which I do love Adele, uh, her, her voice and stuff. When someone comes around that sings, they go, isn't she great? I go, hey, that's how it used to always be, you dumbass. Yeah. You're just so used to garbage and no one's singing that one person comes out and sings and it's like some like shocker. I couldn't believe that they didn't sue Adele or whoever wrote that song because the uh, the CeeLo, uh, CeeLo, uh, what, what do you call him? I think I'm crazy. Yeah, yeah, CeeLo, yeah. That song? Uh-huh. I could have Yeah, I know that one, yeah. Oh, it's the same oh yeah, same right? Fucking song. Is somebody going to sue somebody here? Nobody Jesus sues Christ, Are we that shallow that we have to keep playing the same song to make that the same hit over and over by different people? That's how our charts are? It's, it's so weird. When I was young, me and my buddies, we used to call it Riff Police. We'd be like, hey, man, you can't be using that riff. We were like the Riff Police. Like that's fucking this. You just changed one core. Like no. Oh, I'm in da- I'm in dangerous territory then. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm talking about where they just change something and just make it the same. It's almost the same song. You know what I mean? Yours. I understand where the riffs are coming, 
but they're totally like they also sound original you know what i mean i'm talking about like you know i'm talking about stuff that's straight up the same yeah no i hear you dude you know like i said we we echo the people we love yeah i think it's just a creative input in the end if you're gonna you're gonna take something and run with it, have fun with it. That's what we do. That's okay. Yep. He's gonna make something good with it. There's a um, there's a clip do. on YouTube that pretty much fucking hurts me really hard, and it's you and Jay doing Jordan on this couch somewhere. <laughs> we did a lot. Of, we did a lot of Jordans on a lot yeah, of couches. Yeah, yeah. But this one's filmed and it's on YouTube, and it's probably. I think this is in. Uh, Belgium, maybe. It's probably one of the, the sickest vocal performances I've seen in years. You know, it's yeah. it's because you've there's a bunch of versions of that, but this one you're on a couch, anyone can see it, but it's incredible. I think Jordan was one of the best songs you guys ever did. Uh, well, this is something Jay brought in, and it's the rare occasion that 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 one of us will bring a song in on our own. Um, you know, and that, that on head down. That was that was Jordan, and we were all sitting after a long day of work and making head down. He comes in with the acoustic guitar. I think we're watching Breaking Bad. We're winding uh, down. That's amazing. Yeah, we've had enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch some really crazy sad TV show. Yeah, <laughs> some me- yeah meth we're, rock. We're, we're like having having a beverage and just kind of chilling back. And Jay comes in and he he doesn't say anything. He just sits right in front of me and gets the guitar out. And I could see he's about to play without talking. And I just mute the TV, turn it off. And uh, he looks at me and starts playing this very light touch. He has a very light touch on the guitar. Great guitar player, just a light touch. Starts playing this very light, delicate version of Jordan. And he plays it all the way through, pretty much. It's it's not the version you hear on the record, because we did a couple things. But, you know, he plays the verses and the choruses that way. Gets all the way to the end. And it's all there. It's so heartfelt. Oh. And me, me and Michael and Robin are sitting there, and I'm just like completely choked up. First time I'm hearing it, like, like cho- choked up, starting to well up. So are the other guys, and I'm like, dude, fucking heavy song, dude. Like really heavy song, dude. Like yeah, that's whoa, crazy, man. right? Like whoa, dude. Like magical, magical person. Shit is heavy right there. What you just did, dude. Kind of fucked me up a little bit. Had to take a step back. I need a minute. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. Co- collected myself and went, okay, shit, all right, man. Shit, that was really gnarly. Um, well, we're just going to go record that song tomorrow right away. Wow. The first thing, that's what we're going to do. I knew immediately what how lightly I wanted to affect this song. Just with this, like, we were listening to a lot of staples. Yeah. Real light tremolo. And I knew I would be playing some slide on this and trying to just emote in that same way that he's emoting with the song and trying to just be a partner in that song with him. It's so good. I mean, it's now. I was listening to the new record, and I was I was pretty happy because there's kind of a Jordan vibe on uh, one of the songs on the end here. I'm trying to find my notes. Where I've been. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Where I've been. How can you love me when you know where I've been? That's never, a fucking. A good hook. That's what, a good hook. I mean, these lyrics are phenomenal, man. I love that. Well, see. Um, Jay had most of that song, and then I had uh, brought a few of the parts in there. It starts out with and ends on, and, and uh, kind of combined this idea that I was really close to yeah. musically, like this intro and uh, the pre-choruses. 
on the outro piece. It was a musical bit that I came to him with and said, this is the feeling of like, like a longing feeling. But it came to me really hard, really fast. This one simple part, this weird and like like weird chord feeling, and it, it it pulls really hard on me, and it makes me it reminds me of my daughter, like missing my children or missing yeah. my wife. This is the music. This is the soundtrack in my head. How it feels to me about missing my people. And sometimes that's how music is. It's the simplest melody. And this it is. is. Like on head down, it was like um, Nava, which is written for my daughter, an instrumental piece. This was the sound while I was there in Nashville that time that I said, this is the sound of me thinking of my kids playing or something. This is how I hear the soundtrack. It's so so good. And then I, uh, we can we combine this, but the lyric that kills me in, in uh, that kills me in that song is uh, the, the, the pre-chorus lyric where he says, uh, uh, "I lay lay beside you." What's he say? "I lay beside you." And when you touch me, I feel like I don't deserve it. Yeah, yeah. How crazy is that? Because it, the lyrics, the lyrics. I don't know what they're about, but in my head, it's a guy that might have done wrong out on the road, and and the and the woman found out. Now I don't know what it's about, but that, I, I do. But I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, yeah. But that's what the <laughs> feeling is to me. How can you love me when you know where I've been, you know, and 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 all that, or a thing of like, even if it's not cheating. It's a thing where I've been gone so long. You just, you know. Well, what I will tell you is we, I won't tell you the exact buildup, but we clearly have. And what I got when I heard it is you have a man and a woman. You have two perspectives. And, yeah. and verses reflect a man's perspective. And then another verse will reflect the woman's. It's really just <clears throat> a piece that it's, it's, it's a man and a woman that don't feel worthy of love. Yeah. It's a very beautiful idea for a love song. That's very cool, right? Yeah. That, I mean, because a lot of songs are about love gone bad. Yeah. But there's not a lot of songs about... Uh, love that you're not even, de like, deserved of. Right, right, I, I right. Think, I think it's an incredible song. I'm yeah. glad you like it. Dude, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty blown away, and I've said it a million times about the, by this record, because it's just, like, pressure time. I, it got me into the band. It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's like Coke. You do a couple bumps, you're like, all right, we're partying Friday night. Pressure and time's on, right? <laughs> then you get into Head Down, and that's kind of like a cool road rock record of like, you know, like 60s road trip, like uh, Hunter S. Thompson shit. You know what I mean? You're just out there like, you know, like fear and loathing. It's that weird guitar, like, down, 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 down. Keep you know? my attorney on the line. Yeah. And then you get into this record, and it really feels like Joshua Tree finding yourself maybe out in the middle of nowhere doing Rackle. some mushrooms, feeling like wow, like these are like these songs are journeys, man. They're not just like hits. The front half has your standard kind of not standard, but your kind of head down vibe. More punch in the face. Right, right. But then as soon as you get to the middle of the record, it's like, what the fuck? Well, this was the goal. Uh, when we sequenced the record was to uh, we knew we were doing this when the studio because our goal uh -huh. to go make some left turns and to, to, to push out further we all have these big musical appetites but we, we can't 
We can't satiate it every time. Otherwise, we're going to have the wall meets kind of blue meets live evil yeah. meets. I, well, come on, man. No <laughs> yeah, one can yeah. swallow that pill. Even yeah. uh, even Miles uh, fans in the 70s, they hated it. Yeah. The critics hated him. You know, he alienated his audience. And yep. We are always conscious that we, we shouldn't alienate our audience. We should have them come with us on this journey. Yep. So this is like this record. We decided to make that. That left turn at the, at the midpoint of the record. Okay, so there you got your rock and roll, and yeah. we're going to have fun with those. But also, why don't we walk down this little path? It's a little darker. Why don't you peer behind the bushes with us for a minute? It's going to get a little scary. It's crazy. Let's do it. <laughs> I feel you had a little bit of it on Head Down with Manifest Destiny Absolutely, one. we did. In a big that way, was, we did. True, I mean, true Manifest That felt kind of Nugent, you know, um, Stranglehold. Not, not Nugent, but the vibe of like a long, cool jam, you know? Sure. I mean, that was very obviously yeah. more than Nugent, which I love. Right, right. More of a fan of the Amboys, if I got to pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. That, that's my. Yeah, fan. of course. It's but, um, take I, you know, like a very much like a machine gun. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Hendrix machine gun meets like uh, Amboy Dukes meets like it's really, and as much as it, it is those for me, it is also not any of them because I was trying to not do a guitar solo as much as paint a picture for the scene. Yeah. And, and kind of be more it's like great, ta- tapestry playing, like paint paint playing, than um, like watch me burn. Watch how fast this arpeggio is going right, to go. Right, yeah. Which I really, it's really irritating. I can't do it. Yeah, I don't like that either. But I do love No Quarter. And I do <laughs> I love, love Song that. Remains the Same. I love that. And, and I do love, you know, these, these sagas and these journeys. That last song on the new record. Um, See, now that one is one that, like I told you, every once in a while we'll bring one in. And that just happens to be one that I had about... 12 years ago or something and I just decided oh my god I gotta bring this in and see if Jay is interested in this because I wrote these words and the story and that fucking song is insane well thank you so I very timidly brought it to him and went okay I'll play the song for you I'm not gonna sing it that rad like you I'm gonna sound like uh, you know Rick Wright from Floyd. Why were you intimidated to bring it it's not well, like Metallica because, nothing else matters when they're playing no, metal it's, it's because uh because my boy is a great lyricist yeah, and yeah. a great melodic writer. And Insane, I, right? We don't infringe, you know. He's not. He's a great guitar player. Nobody knows, really. Yeah, but, but he, he doesn't can, whip he out can come riffs in and burn on some yeah. slide. That's not what he wants to do. So yeah. that's not what I want to do. And if I rip it out, he is cool enough and we're brothers enough that he'll want to honor it. And I don't want to put him in a position where he's like, I don't want to do that. But I have to do it. Right. But anyway, he heard it. And everyone loved it. I played it for everyone. And everyone, yes, we want it. And what's amazing to me is I sounded like uh, Rick Wright. From the Pink Floyd. Yeah. That's that's how I sounded singing it, you know, like, <laughs> sail your ships through openings. <laughs> so here comes Jay, and of course, he's going to have this, like, immense, holy fucking Nina Simone jazz singer at, like, whoa, yeah. and it, like, it blew our, it blew my head off. Yeah, but it, also I love when it gets into that middle jam of the da da very much, yeah, very much an homage to uh, uh, the, the aforementioned band. So. That's a lot of stuff I love Mother Hips for. Yeah, Mother great Hips band. Will, Mother Hips will have this song, and then it'll go way the fuck to the left, and then come back around. Cool and, thing is, on that jam, we uh, it is all very. Uh, it was all actually improvised. That in section oh. was also all the delaying was uh, uh, Dave, Dave Cobb, our producer. 
tweaking delays on the on the fly, and I'm untuning guitars and doing slides, and we actually were all in the room doing that ending together. Wow. And the piano you hear is yeah. Jay in the vocal booth playing a piano that was in there coming through the vocal mic. That's fucking incredible. So again, it's just it's like, so psychedelic and there's badass. Danger there. There's danger. We said that was just actually an improvised live moment of us. Let's just see how it goes and feel it. I've explained the idea to everyone. It's great because each night it's going to be totally different. That's right. That's so cool. Uh, let's talk about... Where's the sugars, man? I don't know. Let's talk about... This you. is the benefit of doing an interview at the, at, the, oh, yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the breakfast joint. We just talk about that cream of wheat was delicious, <laughs> and those hash browns were yummy. How was that French toast? I partied that French toast. It's gone. Right. They took my sugars away from my coffee, so I'm just going to use Oh, syrup. yeah, some guy came by and swooped him, remember? Pretty nice. That's crazy. Can we get some sugar? Thank you. Sugar. Can we get some sugar? Uh, so let's talk about your guitars a little bit. I'm a guitar freak. I love guitars. Oh, you you've come to Pelham the right Blue place. Firebird. I got. Uh, a, I have one Gibson Firebird. Right. And, and it's Pelham Blue. And then it's you a, have that gold one. Is that I have. Not I had a no. That is not Gibson. That's uh, uh, my good buddy Doug Cower. Cower Guitars. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hand builds those. Now Thank you, you use the mini humbuckers, which I always hated. Yeah, you know what? These are actually all custom pickups. I had uh, I was gonna in say. the blue one. I had a guy named Tom Short who lives right out here in a, in a uh, town called Whittier, and I don't know if he's doing them anymore. But he he did for Mark Ford, a buddy of ours. Love Mark Ford. I love Mark. One yeah. of my favorite guys. He played with me a little bit. Oh, great, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We did I, a live record. We're at the buddies with Mark. He's, yeah. he, he records over here at the yeah, compound. Yeah, I, I went to the compound. Great. Yeah, that place was great. That Fun. studio. Yeah. Fuck. But uh, um. He, he did, uh, Tom Short does these pickups for uh, for Mark, and I had him do the blue guitar. And then I have a 65 non-reverse Firebird he did pickups for, the same ones. And they're actually like a full-size humbucker oh. wound oh, yeah. into a and small a, bit. Yeah, yeah, that's cool because those pickups that come, I've owned like three Firebirds, and it's like ice picks to the ears. No, yeah, these are very much more like a 50, you know, the 59, 59 yeah. PAF, Patent Applied for. Gibson humbucker, and they've just got it down so they can overwind it, but not too much, and it's still dark enough that it's like a real humbucker. What then, got you uh, into the Firebird? Because I love the Firebird. You know what? When I made Before the Fire, our first record, I used like a plethora of guitars, like Tellys and Strats and Les Pauls and and uh, a, a Jazz Master, and uh, I used my Double Neck ES1275, and I used... Uh, 335s. I just used so many guitars on that record. First time I worked with Dave Cobb, who's a guitar player, and we just geeked out. And um, none of the guitars I owned made sense right. to the record after that. Like, I'm more of a Strat guy. This is not going to cut it. It's not going to cut all these tones I need. Yeah. So I, mean, I got to find something that actually not only sounds right, that I'm going to coax tones out of, but it has to look right. It's got to look rock, a, right? I just made a real... You know, uh, live record. I gotta. I need something that's gonna fit. And no I one's just, playing Firebird, so it looks cool as fuck, right? Which I yeah, which I love. So I, uh, I, I, I just found this. I started looking around, and I found this Pelham Blue guitar that was in New Jersey at, at a great music shop called Lark Street Music. I know it. Yeah, so great. I talked to Buzzy over there. Buzz uh, described this guitar to me and put it in his hand. What year was it? Is it a reissue? It's or a an reissue, but yeah. it's. I had a reissue. Quite honestly, it's the best reissue by a million miles. I think all the reissues are phenomenal. I just didn't like the pickups in those guitars, but they made the Inverness green one, which destroys me. Yeah, and it looked all, this guitar looked really 
aged up already when I got it. It looked beat up, which was killer. And it has a huge neck. It's a 99, uh, custom historic, uh, 65 reissue. Right. Yeah, but yeah, Stock tuners, those banjo tuners? No, I got rid of those, and I replaced them with the Stein, Steinberger uh, uh, gearless. Oh, yeah, those are great. Yeah, so that's what the, the other guitar I have is the gold pinstripe guitar. Is, Somebody uh, made that? Cower. That's Cower Guitars. They build guitars for me, and I got a new one that I used on the whole record. It's deadly. Deadly. Wow. I, I got to show you a picture. It's basically I did a mashup of a Gretsch White Penguin. I love a White Penguin. Yeah, which we play. I have... Uh, Dave has one of those, and I had used the it on. The penguin is dope. It's a Les Paul Gretsch. It's, it's beautiful. And it's 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 beautiful. The it's orange beautiful. sparkly so inlay. The that's what I did. On there. I oh. mashed up the Firebird shape with Love all it. the Gretsch Love points. That. So it's the it's like an aged white with the gold, you know, sparkly binding right. all the way up the neck, all the way around the headstock. That's dope. And, uh, like a seven Firebird seven three TV Jones filter trons, the gold Bigsby, the ba- the gold clear gold back painted guard. Sick. Oh, dude, it's just so beautiful. And you're gonna use it on this tour. I loved it so much that the day I got it, I never put it down. I used other guitars on the record yeah. for, for different textures, but most of the live tracking on everything was this this uh, new white guitar, which and I call Excalibur. Wow. And then that orange amps on the record? Um, I use some of the orange amps on this record. You use orange amps live, right? I do, yeah. Why I do use- you use orange? I'm just curious because uh, I love them now. But, uh, you know, did you ever hear this story? People thought that like Sabbath used orange because uh, on the TV shoot. Well, there was, those are backline. Those are just backline. Yeah. So everybody was like. Peter Green used them though. Yeah, Peter Green. Great, Peter Green used right? them. Page used them, but I think mostly that was for his theremin. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That was for his theremin. It's but over to the right. Lots of people have used orange. Uh, so what made you choose orange? You know what. When I was getting ready to tour, I'd been using uh, an amp called a Reeves amp, which is basically Dave Reeves, the owner of uh, of, of High Watt, the guy who invented High Watt. Yeah. His name Dave Reeves. This company in the U.S. took over his name and make very expensive, awesome hand-built amps, Reeves amps. Boutique amps. So I was using those, like hi- High Watt kind of sounding amps. As I'm about to tour, I can't afford to fly my stuff everywhere. Yeah. What am I going to do? i got to find a company that's going to help me out. And have, have uh, Orange just started to gears. really, really come up in a hard way. Started making some serious, serious new models and getting getting it right. And I was they told me I could either you want to go to High Watt, not such a great company for, for support, or this Orange company, if you're interested, shit, I've used old Orange Amps on records. Yeah, let's get these Orange Amps. So yeah. I really was just giving them a go for That's the great. tour. And right when I tried them, I went, God, these look gorgeous. And they sound killer. They do, right? So they just, I you know. I took the Pepsi challenge, and it, they, they, they work, you know. And then they didn't, hadn't invented the amp I use, which is the OR50, and I had just beat them up the about it. You 15-watt? A 50. A 50. 50-watt. Okay. You yeah. know that little square 15 it's there? Nice. That thing's great, it's right? Great sounding. Yeah. So dark and evil. Yeah, so I just told them. I, I used a Thunderverb on, on the first couple tours and then said, you guys need to come out with your OR series, like the 120, but not 120 because I'll kill everyone on stage. Yeah. Please, like a 50-watt version of this thing. And sure enough, they did. God bless yeah. them. So that's what I use now. I take out a couple of those. Great gear. Uh, you played last week in L.A. I didn't get to see it, like a secret show. I'm so fucking pissed. You guys never play L.A. How could you not come to this? Nobody told me. That's, that's the worst part. Nobody told me. That's Jay's fault. What's Jay. The, why would he do that to you? Jay How did, rude. I talked to Jay once when we did the interview and never talked to him again, <laughs> man. 
He's like, to me, he's like, Jay's like, he's like, I'll be over here working on music. It, it, I get that. It's cool. He's elusive. I love him. But uh, how come you guys never play L.A.? Because we hate it. Mystique, you hate it? No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, um... Man, I mean, ever. We, we do play here. We play here every year we play Yeah, here. once a year. But it's really sad because it's like that. I would love to just play here. My yeah. God. In, that in Orange Echo County, show is phenomenal. So we did the Echo Show. We've done, uh, uh, you know, we've we played all sorts of places around here. But we played Fingerprints down, down the way uh, for the last record release. Are you going to do a record release? No, because we're going to be in Europe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to be in... Um, we're going to be in the UK when it comes out, so we'll just. But I'm, I promise we're planning on coming back. It's just where we have to take care of those people over there because they've taken yeah. care of us, and Hell it yeah. takes time. So, I mean, we we, we pay the bills over there, and yeah. like I said, it's it's we're we're selling out theaters and stuff. We have to go there. Yeah, no, no, I we're get selling it. out like Wilter Wilters all over the place. I get so that. We have to go back over there and handle it. And, I love um, that. I got an idea. I'm going to do, do Crochella. I, th- I think I saw a post about this. Yeah, yeah, Crowcella, that's me. I think that sounded tasty. Right? So it's we're in. It's it's Black Crows headline both nights, and one night they do like uh, the the Southern Harmony record. The other night they do Amorica. Man after my own heart, right then, there. Not allowed to play anything <laughs> off Alliance. Nope, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> except for maybe um, uh, Lay It On Me. Love yeah, okay, all right. I'm just beating Love them that. up. No, but me too. I'm just beating Dude, them up because sucks. I went and saw them play with the Oasis, and they didn't play any records. They only yeah. played Santa Lions. Barbara. Bowl? No, I saw them at the Greek. They did it, and I saw it at Santa they Barbara only Bowl. they only played material yeah. off Lions. Yeah. Nothing off of Morka, Nothing off Southern Harmony. I was looking for tomatoes, man. I was pissed. Uh, so you got the, the you guys are the uh, you guys play on the first night, you know. Uh, with them, and then and then it's uh, I got Sheepdogs, Good Boys, St. Paul, yeah. Ryan Adams. Uh, another night, it's like Tweety. I you love know, Tweety. You know, uh, and then there's a comedy tent, and <laughs> me and Chris Porter out there. Oh my gosh, I love this. Right, Crochella, man. Dude, I'm in Crochella. Yeah, so everybody start hashtagging Crochella, and we'll do it. We're going to send this over to my agents. They're going to hear this. We're going to put this together. It'd be great that if... I know if people. We, we could probably do this. Well, I'm not I'm not kidding. We could. I, I know think people, we could do too, this. man. I know the I guys that do, do Coachella. We, we could do this. We could do Crochella, and it would be phenomenal. <laughs> I'm telling you. This I like the, the name. The I do, too, because it's just like... And there's just like... There's just... Well, you, your daughter's here, but, you know, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just radical. Let's uh, put it that way. Okay. <laughs> Record comes out what July June uh, June tenth uh, yeah it's eighth ninth and tenth worldwide right. kiss from Can my daughter I, um, hey, hi Nava hi I gotta have oh there that's your daughter what's her name this is actually uh, like like the song on head down yeah this is Nava oh yeah hi how old are you Nava five how old are you five do you sing yes sing uh, something for us. No. How about good things? Yeah. No. Come no. on, don't be shy. No. How about a little pressure and time? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Please. Be on the radio. Okay. Come on. They're going to go shopping. Okay. All right, girls, go buy some stuff. <laughs> go Bye buy guys. some stuff. Uh, <laughs> Adorable. I love this song, Rich and Poor. I love that song, too. 
<laughs> are you allowed to love your own songs? Yeah, yeah, you are for a while. I okay. love some jokes I have right now. You know what I mean? You <laughs> yeah. love them for a while. And then, then you, you end up hating them anyway, and you still well, you do just them. give them to somebody else. That's Here it. you go. Take this. Uh, it's here now. For Rich and the Poor was a really fun one when we put it down. It, this was another one. Jay had uh, uh, you know most of that song. Uh, That's the one with head. the I'm going to yeah. show you how babies are made. That's line. the hook right there. Yeah. But this was such a... Uh, uh, like a dirgy kind of animals type of tune that right when he was showing me his idea, I went, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And all those tones you hear on the record I had, I was, they were right there. So when he showed me, I already had them up. I had my guitar on. So I yeah. just started showing him and setting up this tones. And I went like this and this tremolo and this reverb, and this is how it's going to be. And this kind of like surf Tarantino meets like animals, it, like darkness to it. It feels like. to me like it could have been on that boat ride on Apocalypse Now. Like, yeah. like a scene where they're just going up, you know? It's dark. It's got that dark vibe. And yeah. I felt like, man, this could have been on that soundtrack. I mean, that's a deadly dark melody. That yeah. Da, 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 yeah, it's right? Dark. So cool. Kind of a dark melody. This is a great record. Now, you have a different look on the record. Uh, you guys cut your hair? <laughs> Almost cut my hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's, it becomes a big old thing in, in, in music, huh? Like how, how we do and how our... I think it does if you're Metallica, but with you guys... Uh, yeah. Fashion comes with rival sons, and I, <laughs> I talk, no, I talked to Jay about it because I love clothes. To me, there's three elements of rock and roll. It's 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 fashion, rock, and like you know, uh, danger. You know what I mean? You got to look dangerous too. Yeah, sure. And, man. and you guys have a look, and I think people don't have looks anymore. Like when I see your band, I go, these guys are rock. But it's not like it's not like well, some stylist threw some shit on you from Wasteland. These are real clothes, like badass shit, like Hendrix and those guys would wear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody, well, somebody. I'll tell you, we we've had. Uh, I, I'm uh, again, you're a, a man after my own heart, and um, I agree. I mean, I think my heroes paid paid big attention to that stuff, and just because it's fun and because we yeah. can. Cause I would wear dragon pants on stage if I right, had them. That's right, dude. That's Jimmy right. Jimmy Page dragon pants. That's fun, man. To me, yeah. Like, can you imagine a comedian comes on in dragon pants? I sure can. You know what I mean? Like, I want to I see it now. Now yeah, that you're mentioning it. Right? You better do this. It's all about, like, not looking like nine to five. That's right. I think I think uh, that's it's a presentation. We're not, we're not on the radio when you're playing live. You're... You're doing a show. You're presenting. Yeah. You gotta look like something. Yeah. You gotta break out that guitar. You, you gotta do. swing that motherfucker around. You gotta do. You're doing a show, man. Yeah. How does this shit make you feel? Teach people how it's how they should feel. Yeah. Break out them dragon pants, dude. Put that guitar up. Show them how to feel when they hear yeah. your music. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's an instructional. Yeah, so, you guys um, look great live. Well, we'll bless you, and you we, we we like it. It's fun. It's just you got things lucky that we the, like. You got lucky. The new bass player looks good too, right? Dave's great. Yeah, he Where, looks like now, he's right he out of from? the gold mine. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, I was pan for gold up at the bucket of blood, and they picked me I up. I just left the mine to come on tour. Where'd you guys find him? He's an uh, old Dave, friend. Dave is an old friend. Yeah, and and uh, he goes really far back with Dave. I mean, with uh, Jay. I'm sorry. And uh, Miley's known him for quite a while, and I've known him now for a, a few good years. And he was the guy that that was in a, a band we all love called uh, uh, Jameson, and our, our buddy Jameson. And uh, he would, they, we played together, and I watched Dave play. And I, this was the one guy I l actually leaned over to my old lady and said, man, 
if Robin ever hurts his hand or can't play, I just this is the guy that I want to like fill in for him because this guy is deadly, deadly good, deadly good. And just so happened Robin left, and we all kind of had the same feeling. He's so. he's lucky he gets to step in when it's really the machine is up and running right yeah. now. Theater <laughs> rock, right? Yeah, that's nothing better than stepping into that. Like it, oh. it was really seamless, so amazingly seamless. I, Robin did so much deadly, deadly work on our records. Like just great bass playing and really heavy duty. I did not envy Dave. You know, having to come in, I was thinking, God, that seems like a rough job. Yeah, sing, do, doing some BV, some backing vocals, and all those bass lines are kind of difficult, man. That's like really musicy shit. That's not just like trotting along. Yeah, yeah, it's not just pumping e. No, bro. <laughs> you it's, know, it's but, but pretty heavy duty stuff. And uh, Dave did it with flying colors. He came right into a tour, and we toured with him for about six months. Does he sing? And he sings. He's a great singer. And then. Uh, after the six months, he, you know, was basically, I want to be in the band. And we said, we want you to be in the band, but let's just do this final step. We're going to go make a record. Just so happens. We're going to make a record. If you can weather this process of us automatic writing yep. and, like, doing it that quick, and, and you actually want to be in the band after that, because this might just be, like, bullshit to you. It might be so taxing for you that you're like, don't want to be in the band. Yeah. This yeah. is tough. I don't dig And it. also, that's a submarine, that's a right. studio you really learn who people are. Right. So we just wanted to know if he wanted it after doing it and, you know, wanted to see how he was going to weather the storm and if he was going to be able to pull it off. And How's I, that By studio? God, he pulled it off. He pulled it off really, really well. The studio's amazing, man. It's, it's in Nashville, right? It's, it's in, the, like, the back back house of uh, our, our producer, Dave Cobb. It's Dave Cobb's back room. It's a professionally built and created yeah. studio. But it just feels right. It's not too big. It's not too small. And what are you guys using, tape? We use tape. Yeah, we do both. We'll we'll use a little tools. We use a little tape. Uh, We're not too uh, up our own asses about having to be analog purists. Right, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Kids, listen, listen, make records with your ears. Don't don't just use tape because you think tape's cool. Yeah. You know what's cool? Sounding good's cool. Yeah. Sound good. You know what's cool? Good songs. (laughs) Good songs, everybody. How about good performances, good songs, and listen, listen to listen to everything. Listen to tools. Listen to tape. Try different things. You know, you know. Just we did use a lot of old stuff because it sounded good. You know, we used the old Helios console, the old Glenn Johns Helios console. Oh, that's We sick. used tape. We used compressors from the original Decca Studio. We used stuff from the original Sun Studios. We used stuff from the original EMI Studios, Beatles gear. We used all that stuff, sure. We used the old RCA mics and beautiful tube, uh, I mean, uh, ribbon mics and, you know, uh, so so much old analog tube, beautiful gear. But it's not about that. There's plenty of new gear on there. And yeah. um, that's yeah, how man. it should be. A lot of times with tape, see, everyone thinks that it's all about tape. The problem is they don't make tape anymore. Yeah. It's really hard to come by. So a lot of this tape that you find, it doesn't sound good. No, it's old. you got to bake it. Or even the new tape that you do find, yeah. it just doesn't sound that good. So you have to go find old tape that sounds better. Yeah. And you just a lot of studios will use the same roll over and over again. And that's what it is. So it's like a lot of said, people buying vinyl right now. you got to watch out what vinyl you buy. You buy this reissue vinyl, they just spun it off the uh, digital track. That's and you're exactly like, this is right. bullshit. Yeah. This isn't vinyl. This isn't it. They didn't yeah. Re- yeah, some of these people are just digital remastering for vinyl, like, not correctly, and it sounds Sounds terrible. Dick. It sounds dick, yeah. We're lucky. We have a guy, uh, our, our longtime uh, mastering engineer, Pete Lyman, over at Infrasonic. 
great, great, uh, an authority, an aficionado, and, and we always master for vinyl separately. And the the the, the, the labels in that room there. I gotta have and, that record on vinyl. Yeah, you got one it's yet? A, it's a double. I don't have it yet. I need. But a, we'll get you one. Please, we'll get you one. We, we, we did like twenty. Like uh, limited editions. Oh, twenty? Like, yeah, like twenty colors or clear. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, and it's it's a double vinyl, but it's a three side. Oh yeah. So the fourth I side is etched or is an etching. Or whatever. Yeah, which I, I was need kind of that. Excited about. Well, dude, man, thanks for uh, doing the interview. It's great to meet. I gotta see you soon. We gotta hang out. Let's do it, dude. For real. Yeah. Come we see hang some out. comedy. I'm gonna come interview you at one of your shows. Yeah, you wanna do it? That's what we're gonna do. Okay. And then, yeah, interview me on my own show. I love it. Let's do that. Let's do that. So, when do you leave, though? I leave soon. We're gonna have to do it when I come back. I leave okay. on the 28th here. So next uh, from from this day today, it's next Wednesday. Yep. Straight out. To beautiful Finland to support okay. Aerosmith. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, for it's sure. It's gonna be great. Great, yeah. So we're gonna do Sweden and uh, Finland with Aerosmith in, in these arenas. Kind of weird starting a tour in an arena. That's great. Now, oh, real quick, how Trial was that Sammy fire. Hagar run? Oh, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I was driving fifty-five the whole time. Hey, here's the thing about Sammy Hagar. He's great. Up until. Standing Hampton, incredible. Montrose. I love Montrose. Uh, uh, the live Sammy Hagar record, the Danger Zone record, phenomenal. Sticky After that, sweet. Come on, man. Little Jimmy Buffett now, but you know, whatever. <laughs> He's old. I get it. God bless him. He's having fun. But what people don't know is that early Sammy shit is oh, he's fire. Oh, yeah. And the, the tour we did, uh, 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 the original cats from Montrose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, um, they oh had uh, Gary Peel or uh, no, no. Um, I mean, uh, Electric Church on bass. Bill Church. Bill Church and Danny Carmasi. Uh, Danny Thank you. Come Ooh. on, that shit is fire. And, and they were killer. They're Both killer, of them. Carmasi right? was unreal, man. Dude, Space yeah. Station number. Five, they played that every night. Rock candy. Sammy, on, Sammy on the lap, guitar yeah. playing it. Oh, it was killer. I love Red, man. Yeah. You don't know what it does to me. I love that <laughs> there shit, it is. man. It's such a weird hey, and you know, and then Michael Anthony comes out. Yeah. And does all the Van Halen stuff. Yep. And that guy lives right here down the way in Newport. That's cool. We just all became great friends. <laughs> it was killer, dude. I it love was it, funny. man. And I mean, he's like the real thing. He's got literal yeah. water bottles filled up with tequila with his tech. So we're like in his station watching the show. Yeah. And they're playing Van Halen. And that dude's a powerhouse. They're killing, playing. And he comes over and hangs out with me. We're talking a bunch of shit. And then we start taking shots of tequila. This guy's taking like 10 shots of tequila during the set. Fuck yeah. I can't believe it. Rock and roll, dude. It's the real deal. <laughs> All right, so you're going out with Aerosmith, uh, and then when you come back, you're going to interview me. Sounds good. I'm going to hold you to it. I'll get we'll your number. We'll do this, man. There he is right there, Scott Holiday, Rival Sons. Thank you so much. Get the record, June 10th. Uh, great Western Valkyrie, right? That's it. And uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. See Cheers, ya. Dean.